It's your boy Rabino. And this DJ Erm in the building. And you listen to the Up and Up podcast. Yeah. Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What it do, what it do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning into the Up and Up podcast. I'm your host, Rabino. And I'm DJ Erm, man. What's up, dog? What's going on? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, bro. Sure How are you? Good? I'm, yeah. I'm good, bro. I'm doing, I'm doing well. Feeling blessed. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful night. Mm-hmm. Man, it feels good to be back in the studio, right? Yeah. I feel like we've been gone for a little... We, little, we have been. Just a just little a, bit. Just a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. See you. I see you rocking a little cashmere sweater over there. Come on, you man. You know, man. came Come back on, looking man. right. Okay. All right. All, right. All right. Everybody in the building doing good. <laughs> Team in here. Um, yes, yes. And uh, if this is your first time tuning in, this is the Up and Up podcast. This is the podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here to provide a space for individuals, groups, movements, right? Yep. Hustlers, yep, movers, yep. shakers, right? Yep. People who are out here really just carving lanes for themselves, um, as well as people who are coming behind them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, I do want to make sure we shout out all the consistent supporters and listeners um, of not just the podcast, but the platform as a whole, right? Yeah. As well as the guests we have on this show. Thank you guys for the support. Um, if you want to continue supporting the podcast, you know what to do. You can find all the episodes on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. What else, bro? Man, we're not on TikTok. <laughs> we, should, we should try yeah. TikTok, too. We should check that out. <laughs> but all that. Go look us up. The Up and Up Podcast. That's where you can tap in. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Um, also, follow us on social media if you're not already, at underscore the up and up. Yep. Stay tapped in. We got a lot of great things coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I'm feeling good. Uh, but before we, you know, before we get the show on, on the road, um, you know, we discussed this as well, but we definitely want to make sure we take some time to um, acknowledge the victims um, of, of the tragic incident that occurred on January 26th. Mm-hmm. Um, the victims and their families as well uh, yeah. were all affected as well as, you know, a lot of people around the world. Um, and so we want to take some time to just acknowledge the names of those people, um, including Kobe and Gianna uh, <clears throat> Bryant, uh, John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, Christina Mauser. Sarah and Sarah and Peyton Chester and Ara Zabayan. Um, we, you know, here at the team, everybody in the room, we want to make sure we send our, our prayers, thoughts and love um, and just good energy to the families, you know, distant and immediate, you know, who, who are affected by that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely been a tough, tough month for sure. Uh, the month of January, I, I can say that for sure. The start yeah. of the year has been tough. Um, and, you know, even, you know, you know, right now, a lot of talk has been around the basketball world, losing you know, one of the greatest to ever do it in Kobe Bryant. Um, I know a lot of us here grew up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, grew up under that, you know, and, and being somewhat raised by that guy, you know, in terms of just when it came to the sport, you know. Um, so definitely want to just kind of take a second to acknowledge the legacy, man. Like, you know, I know I know you I know you always rooted against the Lakers, bro, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. if you could talk about kind of like what Kobe's legacy meant to you, um, um, what would you say? It was crazy because uh, – I mean, I rooted against him, but mm-hmm. I always respected him, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. no matter how many times I rooted against him, I don't remember one time where I said he was weak, mm-hmm. you know. So um, even when he left the game and everything, I felt like uh, basketball was still missing something, and mm-hmm. I wasn't even a fan mm-hmm. of 
his game or whatever and mm. i was like damn that's that's the a crazy impact to yeah. have you yeah. know so um even the way he approached the game the way he attacked life bro yeah like it's just like inspiring you know yeah. so no i agree bro yeah i think you touched on it for you know for me personally like um i always say like the game of basketball is what introduced me to kobe bryant mm-hmm. um, but i always say the game of life the bigger game of life is what really connected me to just you know on a deeper level to the way he moved the way he like you said yeah. the way he just yeah. lived his life you know what i mean the things he taught us i always i always saw him as like a teacher from afar you know yeah um and one thing i, I you know i would definitely want to say I, I mean if i talked about the memories and the way i felt about you know kobe we'd probably have to get some sleeping bags <laughs> in this room we're gonna be here all night yeah, yeah. but um, one thing i definitely just want to touch on is the mamba mentality right mm-hmm. um you know it's obviously the mamba mentality was a, has been a thing for a while now um and if it's not before it definitely will be now mm-hmm. i mean it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people um and for me i definitely want to take a chance to just kind of provide a message in terms of what it always meant to me and how i always took the mama mentality and applied it to my life and the way i looked at it was you know um i feel like all pain and resistance has a purpose you know what i mean i, I think um even if it's uninvited unannounced unreasoned you know um there's a purpose for that you know and i feel like when I used to see Kobe and how he approached the mama mentality, it was him not never running from that pain. You know what I mean? Never turning away from it, never ignoring it, never neglecting it, um, and more so using that pain. You know what I mean? Using it to your benefit because the overall goal is to grow as a human being and evolve, you know, and get yourself to that next that next place. Um, so when I think mama mentality, I think about even in times of pain and sorrow, right, um, it's important to embrace that and really settle in that pain and use it, right? Use it. Use it to your advantage. Don't let the pain use you, but you got to use that pain. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to drop that message for people out there who, you know, who are clearly hurting right now um, yeah. and, and need that healing. It's, you know, I think when it comes to the mama mentality, that's what it's about. Facing that pain face-to-face and using it to your advantage to to evolve and grow to that yeah. next point. Yeah. Yeah, man. But you. yeah, man. Um so just definitely wanted to again, you know, prayers, thoughts, love to not to everybody affected, uh, but more importantly to families of For all sure. the victims. For sure. Um, and now, man, you know, in the, in the, in the spirit of the mama mentality, right? Um, you know, we're gonna continue, right? We're gonna continue pushing. We're gonna continue grinding and. For those who are who are first time listeners to the show, we definitely make it a point to bring guests on our show um who who identify with just that mentality of carving that lane continuously pushing mm-hmm. grinding staying on the up and up and really just trying to make a name for themselves um i would say today's guest is a woman whose work and efforts uh have been filled with a tremendous amount of determination just from what i've been able to witness from afar mm-hmm. um she's a true culture cultivator who's keeping everything she's doing on the up and up um to give you a little bit more insight on the work she's been doing here um in the pacific northwest uh, she's the founder and director of Nurturing Roots Farm, which is located in Seattle's Beacon Hill neighborhood. Um, to give you some insight, Nurturing Roots is is committed to addressing food justice issues in the community, as well as enriching underserved communities as well. Um, I think, you know, I think we should just get straight to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, our guest is none other than the woman who's loyal to the soil. Hey, yeah, you like South. that one? Yes, sir. Yeah, loyal to the soil. <laughs> so double entendre like if you that. caught that. I like that. Our guest is none other than the, the, her, the very own Naima Clark. Can we get a round of applause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. You. Welcome to the show. That was a great introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, nice. man. Um, sure. Yeah, pleasure. Pleasure's ours for sure. Right um, Thank you. 
So to kind of give you some insight on the show, we usually start the show off with a quote of the day. Um, you know, kind of get the vibe right, get the convo started. You know what mm. I mean? I don't got the quote because I'm not allowed to tell the quotes yeah. on the show, clearly. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to let quote man over here take that. All right. So the quote of the day is the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Everyday quote. Mm. I like that one. Yeah, mm. I think we know who said that one. Yeah. Kobe. Black Mama. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? You know those quotes, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you're going to know that quote for a long time. But run it back for those of who may have heard it for the first time. Yep. So the quote is, the most important thing is to try to inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. Yeah. You can't control people, but you can inspire them. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's real. You know. I like that. Try to make them do better. Or yeah. do better than they were before, you know, so. That's real. Um... So, Naima, before we get into, because obviously, you know, we're going to discuss a lot of what you're currently doing and the work you've been doing and, yes. and, you know, and the things that you have established thus far. But, you know, the show is definitely about taking it back to the roots and kind of the roots, right? The roots. The roots and where it started. <laughs> but uh, before we get to that, I definitely just want to give you a chance, you know, to kind of share, if you can, uh, what is the mission of Nurturing Roots from your point of view and your perspective and your team's perspective um, for those who aren't familiar, if you can kind of share with us right on so our mission definitely is like you said around sustainable agriculture um awareness about food justice mm. so really i think a lot of folks in our community don't necessarily know what's at stake what systems are perpetuating these disadvantages that unfortunately we find ourselves in mm-hmm. so nurturing roots is really about identifying and shedding light on the food justice issues and then also showing you what other institutions are kind of infiltrating our community mm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. a lot of our workshops are based around, you know, how institutions, say, a prison system can benefit from you being unhealthy mm-hmm. or how, you know, a healthcare system will benefit from you eating McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So finding ways that you can link those systems and then identifying those in young people mm-hmm. usually will create this self-awareness that will carry them throughout life. That's so real. I think food justice is one of those things we don't often get a chance to engage in in school. It's not something that's, you know, upfront, yeah. but... It's like health has to get deeper. Mm. Yeah. Than, you know, I That's don't know, real. flash. It's yeah. like way deeper than that. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not just about getting a quick bite to eat. Right. And just keeping your day going. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yeah. yeah. It gets deep for real. Um, now, uh, and thank you for sharing that. Now, let's let's take it a little. Let's take it back, though. Let's take it back to kind of the early start. Um, so you're your hometown. You grew up out here in Seattle, yes, right? South Seattle to be exact. Man, yes. OK, well, tell the people a little <laughs> bit about that. How was it growing up out here um, for you and kind of trying to find yourself out here in um, yeah. the South Seattle area? So South Seattle, I had a good neighborhood. I had a good group of kids that I hung out with. So we were always at the park or going downtown, catching the bus. So Mm. for me, it was a life of adventure. It was a life of creativity. Mm. I think we were doing lemonade stands and adding hibiscus or, Mm. you know, trying to just upsell so we could (laughs) make that extra money for the ice cream man or whatever. So yeah, yeah, from a young age, I feel like I've always wanted to kind of do it myself. Um, Mm. My mom, she was in the movement. So she was young when the Black Panthers were organizing here in the CD, but Mm. just her carrying that forward, I think it always put that, you know, black power, like movement inside of me. So mm-hmm. I think just growing up, you know, that's what I was, I was developing. Um, when mm-hmm. I got to high school, I think I was just lost in the high school I went to beach. So mm-hmm. for us, it was about sports. Yeah. I was a cheerleader. So it was like popularity was my number one thing. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily social justice. Uh, 
a little bit after that, I think I just got into looking at all the conspiracies that were going on. Got you. A lot of the disparities that I would see just like bee colony collapse, seeing how our water systems are all messed up. Like wow, yeah. everything I was just looking at yeah. and learning. Open-minded. It slowly, mm-hmm. yeah, it transitioned. I got into a little scuffle with my homegirl, unfortunately. Wow. So that um, got me a record. And so having to struggle with that as a young adult also, mm. I think it just turned me into this, you know, hustler that had to just do it on her own. Wow. Kind of like figuring out a way that you could empower yourself to create that financial stability that you need. Because a lot of times I would get turned away, jobs were, oh, you got a background, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I think it was just natural because I just wanted to do it myself so bad. Yeah. Um, I didn't go to college, so even that, it was like I didn't have this degree to Mm -hmm. pull along. I just had to, you know, lace up my boots and kind of do it, so. Yeah, and be resourceful. Right. Right, and and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That was dope. So, um, I guess, I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but what were some of, like, the sparks that kind of made you interested in like food justice man so i think it was the opportunity but i was able to kind of get the knowledge by growing herbs and growing culinary herbs at pike place and after having that business for a while i knew how to grow plants and then it was almost like i had become one i hate to say that but it was almost like it was a part of me at that point so i wanted to figure out how other plants grew mm. um me and the homie were pretty much crossbreeding different things and trying to you know add this trait to this plant and trying to see what that would be like so i think i was just getting so in depth with it i just moved into produce it was only natural mm. that i just got into growing food okay. um, and things that we could actually eat and then seeing where you know i can make seasonings and add value but i can make a tomato sauce mm. or i could go to the market and really add value because now they're looking at it as an organic thing so mm. i think it was just seeing you know how you could impact the community one by providing this substance but also how i could empower myself financially yeah and i think i think you touched on something right there as well like how can you empower yourself financially because i think growing up you know, as kids, you know, you're you're trying to find your your niche, right? You're trying to find what you like to do. Yeah. But then in the back of your mind, parents are like, well, how are you going to make money doing that? Mm-hmm. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what we're taught. It's all about exactly. until you, you know, kind of learn through experience. Right. Right. That you can actually live a better life, a, a more sustainable life and not just fully dependent on trying to get the bag. Right. Come on. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy. Yeah, no, for sure. Especially as a kid growing up. Like, it's tough. Like, we all, I think we've all had our fair share of um, influences, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) I I guess I can say that. Yeah. (laughs) Not definitely. Um, Yeah, and I think, um, at what point would you say, like, you kind of fully shifted your focus, though? You know, because it's like one thing to be dibbling, dabbling um, as you're getting older, you're trying new things. You know, you might play sports and then you might you know, do band and you might do this. And then, but at what point were you like, all right, I need to just tuck all that to the side and focus on this. Was there like a, a moment in time that you can remember or? Uh, I think it was a progression because I definitely had my share of going to work. You know, I was tired of it, but I stayed with it. Mm -hmm. Here I am three years later. Am I going to stay here or not? So I think Mm -hmm. it was a process of, you know, finding jobs. I didn't work out. I didn't want to be there. So then had to try something new. Yeah. So my last job was at, um, the Westin, so I was in hospitality. Okay. And for me, that was like so subservient. Like I felt like it was just another part of me just getting stripped. Already mm. my time was taken, yeah. already my energy, and now you guys are taking my dignity. Like yeah. to me, yeah. it was too much. So I think being there, it also empowered me to just try to get out. I think uh, a lot of mentors that were there, there was a chef that, you know, I would just sit on my lunch break 
And he would sit and talk to me about my dream, which was, I want to open this farm. Mm. Would you ever buy produce from me if I was, you know, doing this? And I know they were buying from WSU at the time. And I was thinking, you know, what would it take? So then talking to different colleagues in the community that were social justice organizers, it's like, well, what does it take to have a nonprofit? Mm. So I think it was the progression of, you know, them also saying you can do it, me being fed up. But that was about nine years ago now. Wow. And um, Nurturing Roots is five years old. Wow. So for me, it was like I knew that I wanted it, and I just had to get there and make myself you know, yeah. financially stable enough to trust myself. Yeah. But there were times when it was like struggle. You don't yeah. got no money. Yeah, but <laughs> you that's what it's figure about. It out, but you, you know? what you said, trust yourself. Yes. Like, I think that that's, to. it sounds simple, but <laughs> yeah. it can be hard for a lot of people. You right. Know? Yeah. And I think it's because we have so many things to depend on. Yeah. Like when you don't have anything, like a lot of the folks that we um, work with, we're doing a lot of prison advocacy. Mm -hmm. So when you're in prison and you're there for 10 years, that's all you know is what you've been able to op you know, open yourself up to because they're not going to feed you, mm. literally mm -hmm. and figuratively. But I think when you're in prison, you only have yourself. So you can empower yourself by literature. You can you know, expand as much as you can. Um, and then you can benefit yourself and impact yourself in ways that you couldn't out here because you have all the outside noise, mm, you have yeah. all the outside influence. So That's I real. think of that moment where, too, it's like incarceration, it gives you that moment where you can't do it out here. It's too yeah. loud, mm. too many alarms going off, too many deadlines. You wow. Know? No, that's real. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's real. So, and you touched on this a little bit, but, um, you know, obviously being an entrepreneur is not really easy, mm -hmm. like when you go into it or whatever. So, um, how did you overcome like some of your obstacles that you went through like early? Man. So I'm thinking about obstacles. I think finances. Um, I definitely just cut back on my spending. I wasn't going to the mall. Mm -hmm. Um, I think now I, I just am not very materialistic. So mm -hmm. Goodwill has been my best friend, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, got so, some good stuff. right. Come mm -hmm. on. Everything good. They do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, being able to just adapt in that way, um, my spending, I think also mentally, I know I needed to be able to get my mind set for those days where I couldn't go to the whoever's party. I couldn't go to Miami, you know? Yeah. So I think that too, getting yourself prepared for you're going to get it and it's later. So mm -hmm. right now it's mm -hmm. not this, it's not the instant gratification, yeah. but just like plants. So I think also just mimicking nature, just realizing you need certain things and you want certain things. So what are your needs and your wants? Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, how is this going to benefit you in the long run? Mm -hmm. So I think once you identify necessities, it's like you just get back to basics. It's, exactly. It's really easy after that. I think I think we we grow up thinking that we need so much mm -hmm. to do so much. And it's not really true. Like mm -hmm. I, when I mean us, I mean like as individuals, you yeah. know what I mean? Like a business needs a lot, some things, you right. know, resources. Mm -hmm. But as an individual person, it's like, you know, like, did, did he have that quote where he's like, throw me, or on the movie Notorious, where he's like, if you throw me in a jungle, I'll come out with a chinchilla yeah, cut yeah, or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like the mentality of like, I'm all I need, right. period. You right. know what I mean? And I'll be fine no matter where I'm at. Come on. What's in front of me, who, who, what, where, I don't care, right? Nice. Um, that's dope. That's dope. It's uh, so true. I'm curious, Everybody. though. I'm curious about, so in starting Nurturing Roots, starting a business, right? Mm -hmm. Like Erm said, you're going to have struggles early on. Um, but one thing I, I know I could say, especially for us with the up and up, um, is we're very, um, we're very attached to our why, mm -hmm. you know, um, and the impact in which we're trying to make. And I'm kind of curious for you in doing the work and kind of going through the struggles. Was there a moment when that why or impact revealed itself when you were like, see, that's why we're doing this shit. Mm -hmm. Cause I know we've had people who reached out after a certain episode and said this, that, and the third. 
or they got you know they learned this from it and it was like see that's what we that's the why you know yeah um do you have a moment like that I have a few. It's so crazy. Okay. The serendipity of it all. But um, there was a moment where I used to be in theater. So for me, I thought I was going to be an actress. Mm. So I would, you know, like practice my signature um, all the time. And it was like, dang, I just want to do my autograph one time. Um, so at a UW, actually, when I met him, um, a little girl asked me for my autograph after that panel. And it was like, what? So that was a moment where I found, okay. I was practicing for this, you know, this professional, you know, stature. Yeah. Um, and then I think just in general, the reception that I get all around the country, it's like when I go to New York, people have heard of Avenue South or heard of Nurturing Roots mm -hmm. or they've been waiting to meet me or somebody from the city is like, yeah, we've been looking for black farmers. We really wanted to, you know, be able to find, identify black farmers aside from um, immigrant African farmers so mm -hmm. you're the only one we know like just hearing those things it's like dang I guess I am you know the the one that's supposed to be doing this I yeah. guess so I think just you know the constant reception that I get opportunities like this when yeah. people you never know who's watching you so I know my mom always used to say that but I never really felt it you know I always thought okay that means somebody might whoop me you know yeah. I gotta be on my best behavior yeah, yeah. but no it really means like there's young people watching you, you know, there's people that are looking up to you. There's community members that are trying to build with you. So you got to show up. Mm -hmm. So I think just constantly I'm reminded of that. And I think when you're on your journey, you will. Yeah. Like when you're on that road, you will. It'll reveal itself. Always. Yeah. yeah. In a lot of forms. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I always I always ask this question, but um, it might. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, too, when I think about it now. But how'd you come up with the name? Nurturing Roots? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's so crazy. So a partner of mine, um, he mentioned Nurturing Roots in one of his, like, a thesis. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you going to do anything with it? Like, it was a fake program? Are you going to yeah. do it? Um, but also Roots. I mean, like, looking at your logo, it's like Roots. Yeah. yeah. Everybody somehow remembers, you know, Roots are... Yeah. Oh, man, I could go on forever because I'm a plant person. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, down. roots yeah, are the most important, for right? Yeah. Yeah. Roots are the, uh, one of the most important things aside from the seed. Mm -hmm. So being able to feed you, um, it seeks nutrients. It's the, you know, the first thing that the plant puts out to have life. So mm. definitely nurturing those roots in so many facets. I felt like it was more than food. It was nurturing our cultural roots. It's mm -hmm. nurturing, you know, our geographical roots. Like for me in the South End, a lot of people are displaced. So mm -hmm. I had to nurture the roots in the South End. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's where nurturing roots and it just stuck. That's real. Yeah. yeah. That's real. I love, sure. I love hearing I love the name. Yeah, I love, I'll tell you that. And I love <laughs> hearing the, the sim symbolism behind people's logos and like their names for their brands and mm -hmm. stuff. Because I think that's important too, you know. Yes. And that's why it takes people a little bit of time to come up with, you know, their brand names and whatnot. It like, does. Because if someone asks you, boom. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know. You know? Right. <laughs> Same thing, Avenue South. People ask me, like, Avenue South, and it's like, well, people from the South then get it, you yeah. know? Yep. Yeah. But Avenue South is like every street in the South then. Okay, yeah. can you explain uh, kind of what Avenue South is? Because in, in, I know yes. it's not the same thing as Nurturing Roots. It's, it's like something else, right? So, right. Um, what, what would you say, or how would you describe Avenue South? Yes, yeah, so Avenue South is the fourth, for profit, so Nurturing Roots is a nonprofit. Got it. Avenue South is a for profit, um, natural and culinary herb product line. Mm. So we make body products uh, like different body butters. If you have eczema, um, so really good healing properties mm. in both the food and the body products. Mm -hmm. So Avenue South um, was a spinoff of the or, or excuse me the the business that I had at Pike Place, but Avenue South has been around probably 
seven years now okay and it's a household name a lot Hell of people yeah. love the seasoning so yeah, for me it's like yeah you dropped off some stuff for come us. on yeah, yeah, yeah. yes sure. try it i laced you off with what is it seward park kanye pepper kanye and, pepper yes yeah. Not kanye pepper. <laughs> right that's a lot of people easy. are like you need to name it the old kanye pepper like, <laughs> all right y'all nah, that's <laughs> i might mean change it's expired, it right i, mean, I need that new that's kanye like pepper. i need everybody to get it have yeah. a wide market but yeah that's and dope. then purple rain so i named those also after people that i admired mm-hmm. you know the hood sewer park i have one ginger hendrix yeah, that's dope. Um, so yeah it's all about just bringing back home hell yeah mm-hmm. no that's dope and um because, you know, having, I guess, multiple businesses, you know, um, isn't easy. Right. <laughs> um, I guess for those people out there who want to do so much, you mm-hmm. know, who want to start a clothing line, but then at the same time they want to start, start a nonprofit or, what, or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have advice for how to juggle the two? Ooh. Or what, what's the best tips you'd give people to, like, do two things at once or even more than two things at once? Yes. Um I'd say look at the people around you. A lot of what I had to do was kind of identify how my support system could work for me. There were certain people that I would probably procrastinate with. Mm. So I had to identify who those were and what that was. So I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Mm. Um, there was also things where, like, again, getting your mind wrapped around the fact that you might be broke. Mm-hmm. You might not have everything that you're used to having, mm-hmm. but that is where you're supposed to be. Like being yeah, excited almost, yeah, yeah. not excited that you're broke, but excited that mm-hmm. you're not going to be broke because yeah. now, you know, mm-hmm. it's a challenge, man. Right. I like a challenge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, and then definitely, um, just looking at your work ethic, like don't try to do something that you can't do. Like if you're not a hooper, stop it. Mm-hmm. If you're not a rapper, <laughs> stop. Like there's yeah, a lot of yeah. people who are just searching for a skill set because of something else. It's like, look inside of you. Mm. What are you talented at? What can you do with your eyes closed? You know, and yeah. what could you do for a million years? That's, real. That's what you should be doing. But That's facts. Yeah. For I told real. myself I'm not a rapper. Um, and I haven't rapped since. Well, actually, I'll be, be, be ciphering here and there. You know what I mean? But uh, like, I told myself this, this is not a career for okay. me. That's what I told myself. <laughs> and it's a hobby. It's cool. Yeah, no, but, but it, like you said, it's important though. Why, why are you laughing? <laughs> Because he's been wanting you to say it, I think. Yeah, I know. Yeah, think so. It's over, oh, guys. Man. I hung it up. I'm tired. I am not a rapper. It's the only time you've been vulnerable about this. Come on, man. It's just, you know? That's well, good, shit, we, we sharing shit? Okay. That's but, the first step. No, I'm playing, bro. Nah, but, yeah, but I like that because I think it's important for people to... Because it saves you time, first and foremost, yes. to just make decisions like, this ain't for me, so yeah. let me find that next thing that's for me instead yeah. of just sitting on it because it feels comfortable or... I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And... Uh, all right, so I guess it's just time to kind of educate myself too. But a lot of the times we're told don't eat McDonald's because it's bad. But and we just know that, but we don't really know. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question would be like, what's the pros of having like organic, healthy food compared to like processed food and everything like that? So. Yes. Uh, so there's many. I'd say the health aspects, health benefits. Mm-hmm. If your body is looking for something in your food, because that's why we eat food, to nurture our bodies. Mm -hmm. If your body is looking for something in the food, how dare you give it a fake substance? It's almost like, I'm looking for C, but McDonald's made this thing that looks like a C. It's like a C, and it'll eat that, Mm -hmm. assuming that it's C, but it's not. Mm -hmm. So then, of course, it will not benefit you because it is a fake substance. So Mm -hmm. I look at organic as a way to mitigate that. Your body is gonna get what it needs. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, depending on where you're getting your organic, it may not be organic. Um, so I think being able to grow your own food is almost 
a step further than going to PCC or Whole Foods. Got it. And yeah. it's a lot more affordable. Yeah. Got it. So I look at, you know, organic, depending on where you're where you're getting it, it could be more affordable. It can be more healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it doesn't have fake substances. So a lot of times mm-hmm. you'll go to McDonald's, like they're, I think French fries have 10 ingredients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, how? Yeah. <laughs> it's a potato and it's salt. Crazy. But there's so many additives um, in different flavors yeah. that you're, you know, susceptible to. And flavors are nothing more than chemical mixtures that taste like a banana. Yeah. I'm curious, too. How much of it do you think is just pure consumer habits and then the need for like wanting healthy foods. Cause I think there's a lot of people who want to eat healthy, mm-hmm. but then they're just like, it's just easier to right. go to the store and get what I need and leave. I hear you. So how do you combat that? Or how do you, that's a, that's a really yes, loaded question. Accessibility. I know, but. No, accessibility is <laughs> a real tough. thing. Cause yeah. like we were talking about when you said time earlier, I was going to say, that's the one thing you can't get back. Mm-hmm. So when you think about, okay, do I have the time to sit here and wait for my tomatoes? Mm-hmm. You may not. So I think it's identifying what is important to you. Mm-hmm. Your time on this earth will be prolonged if you're healthier. Mm. If you understand what makes you healthy, then you understand your food has to get you there. That's right. So I think it's part of that is education. Um, and then part of that is realizing that you owe it to yourself. Like mm. if you really care about yourself, why would you yeah. harm yeah. yourself? Yeah. But a lot of people don't know I'm putting poison in my body. Mm. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know my heart could only take 1,500 of these burgers and I'll die. Mm, and I'm not yeah. saying that that is real. I'm just yeah. saying, just yeah, yeah. putting it in that perspective. Out here. No, like, oh, like literally. Okay. Last month. <laughs> but no, it's like if you knew it like that, and if you yeah. identified it that well, yeah. and you were that educated, then you wouldn't do it. Um, it's just like hurting yourself intentionally. Nobody wants to. That's right. I think a lot of times when people are even addicted to opioids, it's like you were helping yourself, and then now you're harming, but you still need it now because yeah. you're just. You don't know what else to do. So I think about the same thing. Like I've definitely, people ask me, are you vegan? It's like, no, I'm not vegan. You know, I haven't cut out meat, yeah. but I try to be more intentional about my, where my, wheat, my meat, excuse me, comes from. Mm. Um, and also trying to produce more healthy. So not cooking the nutrients out of my food, mm. um, but realizing you can have an organic, you know, piece of kale and you can cook all the nutrients out of it and it's nothing. Yeah. Um, so I think just all of that, it, it has to do with the preparation, has to do with, you know, the process. Mm. And then also it just has to do with your educating, mm-hmm. educating yourself. That's real. That's real. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the faster it is, the more unhealthy it is. Yeah. So it's like, like Most you said, times. if you got to yeah. watch some like fruit or veggies grow, mm-hmm. it's most likely going to be more healthy for you. Yeah. yeah. But then also your perception of fast. I yeah. can go to my garden, pick a piece of lettuce and eat it. It's mm. the fastest. Mm-hmm. Now, going to the store is different, but also I feel like, you know, when there's big recalls, you have more control over that, too. I didn't have a recall on my lettuce. Gotcha. Yeah. When the snowmageddon came, I still had everything. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, so to, to for someone, first of all, I, I applaud your effort in just, number yeah. one, um, utilizing a piece of land right the on. way you're using it, you know? Because, you. you know, people like, oh, let me just go build some rental properties on this land and mm-hmm. I'm going to eat that way, right? Yeah. But I think what you're doing is a win-win for everybody in this situation. So um, how can we change the narrative around farming to like, because I see it as agricultural ownership. Like I see it as like, you know, yeah. the same way people look at like real estate right. people, like, oh, they're owners, they, you know, they own properties and it's like, they applaud that. Like, exactly. why aren't we applauding the farmers? Yeah. And um, so I don't know if you have any tips on that, but I would love to find ways to make it cool, you yeah. know, and like really change that narrative. Because that shit is cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not knowledgeable. I'm, you know, I need to get knowledgeable and educate myself. But I see it from a different angle, I guess. But yeah. No, I hear how you. How do we do that? I don't know. 
Man, I deal with a lot of folks that, you know, definitely African-Americans who associate farming with slavery. Mm. So I think there's many different layers. There are folks that are from the continent Africa and they realize that that was a way of life. Mm. So then they honor it differently. So I think it all depends on where you're from. Mm. Also, uh, I've learned that when you get people to the farm, because there's a certain amount of my friends that definitely like my photos, they'll like them all, but they would never step foot or Mm. put their hands in the dirt. Mm. Uh, So I think it's when they get there a lot of times young people, it's when they can engage with my chickens. Mm. A lot of time it's when they can see, oh, a carrot, and they pull it out. So really it's, it's identifying where something hits you and mm-hmm. finding your humanity again. Mm. And often you have to get past the superficial. My homegirl got to get past her nails getting dirty. Mm. You know, you got to get past all those things. And it's almost like it unlocks something. All yeah. of us looking at plants, you can tell if a plant is dying. Mm, like yeah. something like that, it's not taught. You didn't go to school and someone taught you. It's because you can see it. You, you we are trained. I guess we are trained to be able to identify plants and yeah. be able to forage for ourselves. Yeah, they're and they're living creatures just like us. Come mm-hmm. on, they had to teach us to read numbers in the supermarket. But going out into the garden, you can tell what looks good and what's bad. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, wow. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I could go on forever. No, that's real. <laughs> we're, we're very detached. Yeah. yeah. I, when you think about it. <laughs> but it's yeah. the humanity. Like a yeah. lot of it, like just even seeing how plants grow. Like I have a few videos that are time lapse and you see how beans grow. Mm. And I don't know if I can just do it really quick. So there's a beanstalk here and you got beans going. They're trying to find something to hook onto. This one hooks on and this one starts doing this. Mm-hmm. And it will not hook onto the pole with this bean sprout. Tomatoes do the same thing. They will mm. never grab the same pole. Mm. It's like they want to survive or they want to, you know, be able to to not infiltrate someone else's space. Like It's like everything is growing and living to actually survive mm. and then give to their seeds. Mm. The plants are growing so that, you know, dandelions, they just want to grow to get their seeds out. Yeah, yeah. Everything wants to do that. We are the ones that want to be really cool. You know? No, that's real. It's I, like, I, I seen a, I seen it. I saw an interview a long time ago with Eddie Griffin, the comedian, mm-hmm. and he was just he was drinking. He was drunk, but he said some deep shit. He was talking about how he said humans are the only species that are able to manipulate their environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike any animals, plants, they can't do it. You know, like we can build structures and machines that could just tear down a rainforest. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, he was he was speaking to that that's probably why the fact that we can change things when we want to like as a snap of a finger Mm -hmm. is why we're not just you know naturally living evolving yeah exactly don't evolve yeah Yeah. we're devolving yeah almost yeah so let's say i wanted to like i guess start my own farm yes um and i was like naima how do i do this like how much land would i need or something like that what would you tell me man i have a quarter acre I have folks, depending on what you want to start. So growing your own food, you don't need much. You can have a balcony in Seattle. Mm -hmm. A lot of what we teach at Nurturing Roots is the perception of even farming is insane. The Mm -hmm. fact that you think you need a million acres to produce one crop is insane. So we produce almost 80 different varieties on a quarter acre lot Mm -hmm. um, in South Seattle. So I'd say depending on what you want to grow, if you want to have things perpetually growing, you could do lettuce, cut up the top or peel the leaves around the lettuce and it keeps going mm. you know um different things like celery your onions if you want to restart those in your kitchen window you could do that yeah so depending on how much you want to produce but a small family um like with a average size backyard you could have stuff going mm-hmm. yeah also high density crops so i plant things closer together there's a lot of nice manicured really beautiful i think eurocentric type growing styles mm-hmm. where it's about 
again, looking cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me, it's like I'm going to grow these as close as I can because I need the space. Yeah, so. mm. you got to maximize. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what, what are some roadblocks <laughs> that some people may uh, um, find themselves in, um, seeing on this journey of trying to go into farming, right? You just said you had a quarter acre. Yeah. Okay, so to get that, I mean, I'm yes. sure no one just handed that to you. No. <laughs> and in Seattle, I'm leasing. Okay. So Seattle, a quarter acre, um, just to put it in perspective right now, that's valued at uh, 900000 mm-hmm. Um, I saw a property out in Auburn, 38 acres. It was a million. So I'm thinking, you know, in South Seattle, it's crazy. But 38 acres compared to this quarter is a big difference. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. So depending on where you want to be, of course, um, and then also accessing different loans, what we've found as people of color and a lot of my um, African farmers that have immigrated here, they have an experience from home. Mm. But here, the financial markets do not identify that as a revenue stream. Gotcha. It was mm-hmm. a backyard. You guys were just growing food and going to your neighborhood market. Gotcha. You were not a business. Whereas they're, they've been growing. Yeah. Their family's been growing. Yeah. You know, grandparents, they know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. So for me, I think there's that divide where you have to be prepared to kind of show and prove. Mm even more so um, mm-hmm. being a person of color and then also just land access. Mm-hmm. I found so many white farmers that have the land mm-hmm. and they got a hundred acres and they don't, they don't really want to do the business anymore. So they're going to sell it to developers and it's like, that's great. But the c- access to capital yeah. is something. Yeah. So if you want to find farming, you may be leasing for a while knowing that. Okay. Um, and also just knowing, you know, there are certain crops that you can make money from and there are certain crops you will chase your tail. So mm-hmm. identifying what markets you should get into yeah. and then making it sustainable because eventually that will be the goal of most farmers. I always think about different, you know, Armageddon movies or zam- zombie films. It's like everyone's going to need to be this way. So, yeah. you know, being able to identify how this can strengthen the economy, the greater economy, I think yeah. also. But I don't know when you're farming, just get out there and start growing. Got you. Um, and if it's for profit, just make sure that you check out the markets first. Yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't even know all those words existed in farming. I'm going to be honest. That's, <laughs> I'm learning right now. <laughs> no, I'm being real. You know, like I, you know it's a business, but again, like to the typical person, they're not thinking like market research yeah. when you're thinking farming. What? Yeah. No, I'm not thinking about market research, but like you Got said, to. that's the side of it that needs to be exposed because then it might get the person who's in college who wants to go into business instead of just going the traditional corporate route, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they'll take their business expertise and put it towards, you know, agriculture. Exactly. So I rock with that. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, how, okay. You grow your food and, and all that. And then how do you like get it out there? Like you go to farmer's markets and yes. Pretty much. So nurturing roots is really a learning garden. We're not a high producing space. Gotcha. Um, that's more for the Auburn space that we're, eventually going to purchase mm-hmm. um, but nurturing roots we supply to cafe of old right now hey yeah right um we supply different chefs so chef ariel chef Tarek. um mm-hmm. there's nyala of sugar queen bakery so there's a few small you know retailers and distributors that we that we give things to on sundays it's really about folks coming out and volunteering and mm-hmm. taking some stuff home mm-hmm. um and then you also being able to come to the farm and seeing the stuff actually growing yeah um i believe in also seeing the full life cycle so like for an onion we're used to eating the bulb so we're mm-hmm. eating just the bulb and root the onion grows into having a stalk the stalk you can use and cook and then it has seeds and a flower. Mm. Flower you can eat, seeds you can replant. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to pull all my onions, whereas commercial farmers will pull them all out mm-hmm. and then just try to reproduce something in the ground that's dead. Got you. But being able to even let things die, 
go through the whole cycle, letting kids come on site and taste a broccoli flower. Yeah. Whereas you're used to taking tasting the tiny, you know, broccoli stalk. Yeah. So all of that stuff, I think it's all about being able to show them. So Nurturing Roots really isn't the profit, but it is, you know, distributing to a select market, mm-hmm. you know, to folks that, that want to have that local produce. Yeah. 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 No, that's real. That's real. And I, I, mm-hmm. I'm excited to, I'm just excited, number one, just to do my own research. Come on. Right? And just get in there and learn a little bit more. Yes. I think I just, you know, yeah. my ears have been perking up. Yeah, all, yeah. yeah. you like, can't see Whoa, it. they got flowers, everything. I, I need <laughs> right? to go check this out. Yeah, yeah. you know. Nah. Something I also like to share. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, okay, go ahead. But, um, and I just like to share, I guess I'm in a room full of men, so y'all may not feel me, feel me. But chickens, for example, when we talk about we're living to be cool, the chickens do not ovulate in the wintertime. So if it's too cold, the chickens will not have their reproductive cycle mm. and stop laying eggs. Mm. Um, do we all know eggs are unfertilized, right? Mm. Just like a woman mm. cycle. But anyways, just thinking of a chicken is feeling, oh, it's too cold. I'm not even going to have any kids. Mm. And it's like we don't even think about the climate. We don't think about the re- We don't think about the pollution. Yeah. You know, on yeah. Beacon Hill right now, we have the highest... Uh, rate of diabetes the highest rate of asthma and i didn't know that living in the south end i would see friends with inhalers it's like i just thought honestly i thought it was cool for a while because they had this extra thing yeah but then it was like damn there are a lot of people in the south end that had asthma Mm. but now i know it's because of this airport i didn't know boeing field right here was pollution Mm. i remember playing sim city not to drop all these names but sim city when you ever you had the industrial place with the airport yeah it was terrible you know, the whole corridor, Soto, all of that. Yeah. It's terrible yeah. zone. Yeah. And we're right there. So we got to eat better. We got to identify where we can do better. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think this episode is definitely going to, you know, um, we ain't going to force nobody to do nothing. But I guarantee it's going to get people a little bit more excited Yay. and a little bit more engaged into just doing some research. I think right we, I think learning, you know, like you said, like you don't have to, you know, f- find what works for you in yeah. a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you. I know my mom's going to love this episode. Yeah. Yeah, she got a garden and everything. Shout yes, out, mom. She's yeah. she probably been telling yeah. you to eat all this stuff yeah, all yeah, your yeah, life. She has. She'll be like, I grew that. And I'm like, That's oh, amazing. okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. You so. can taste the difference. Have any of yeah. y'all gone? And I'm just saying Africa because I see my brothers in here. Yeah, yeah I've, been, I've gone, been back home. I've been do back you home notice the thing. difference in the taste of the food? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Fruit, for sure. all of it, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Meat, everything. Yeah. And to me, it's like we don't know that as Americans. A lot of people here, they think they're eating real fruit. Mm-hmm. They think this is how a banana tastes. Yeah. It's like, man, y'all. So even that, it's like I just want more people to even dabble just so they can tell, like, oh, yeah. shoot. Yeah. Even if you're not growing, just try it. Just be yeah. more aware. Yeah, because yeah. my, my immediate family, like, is straight up, like, from the villages. So mm-hmm. I went, like, farming with my little cousins and everything. Oh, yes. like, so, like, you know, so... Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah! That's a good perspective <laughs> to have. Like you mm-hmm. get getting exposed to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so Naima, before we get you out of here, we usually also let um, or have our guests um, kind of speak to some things they may have coming on the horizon, like right announcements, things you may want to share. Um, you know, ways to get people to pull up to the farm. Hey. Um, but yeah, if you have anything you want to share, please feel free. Right on. Well, for sure, follow us, um, Nurturing Roots Farm. So at Nurturing Roots Farm on Instagram, okay. at Avenue South. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Also, Nurturing Roots, like I said, has been working on a lot of different projects. So we're expanding this year to do more events. Okay. So if y'all ever even want to do a live, 
show at the farm. Oh, yeah. Come on, yeah, pull up. Man. I'm getting a generator. Never say yeah. never. Come on, right? <laughs> okay. It would be dope. So um, step closer. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Chef Tarek, he always comes out and does a couple midnight Mecca dinners. So yeah, um, I saw those. Those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are dope. So from the table dinners, we're hoping to do some more um, of those. We're gonna get a screen out there, so we're gonna be doing movie nights. Oh, I feel yeah. like. So we're gonna try to just engage more folks in those traditional activities mm-hmm. on the farm. So mm-hmm. kind of getting in there Um, and also we're doing a lot of prison advocacy so we just launched a site um, in collaboration with boundartists.com and it's pretty much given an opportunity to folks that are incarcerated to get their art out get it shown and sell it online okay Mm -hmm. yeah but other than that we're there um, Sundays 11 until 3 Beacon Hill. So okay. if y'all ever want to come, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, oh, that's, all that's, that's right there. I'm there. I'm pulling yeah. up. Yes, I'm pulling up. Right no, for sure. You gotta hold a chicken too when you get there. I'm oh, yeah, it's yeah, part of initiation. As long as it doesn't yeah. run from me, I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah. You gotta chase it, but I'm tell- okay. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been going to the gym lately. Yeah, <laughs> okay. you know, I ain't no chicken going out around me, bro. Right. I ain't letting it happen. I love it. Nah, but nah. Thank you for sharing that. And then we usually always ask this question to all our guests before we end the shows. Um, so if you can, what's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up? And you could explain it too. Mm-hmm. Ancestors. Mm. Um, but I definitely know someone was thinking about me and someone was trying to lay the groundwork for us all to be great. Mm. So I think that's always what keeps me going because I'm thinking about my offspring. I'm thinking about what it's going to be like for them. Mm. So yeah, ancestors. Mm. I like that. Yeah, that's the first time we got that too. Yeah, Yeah. that's real. That's real. I love that. I love that. Thinking, yeah, man, you definitely got to, you know, I think we're all connected generationally. You know, I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we lose sight of that, (laughs) you know. So it's always good to think about that. That's That's dope. Um, But yeah, man, Naima, we're definitely uh, happy that you pulled up, you you. know, uh, uh, guests on the show and um, definitely excited to see what's to come right on. right mm-hmm. definitely have mm-hmm. you know you got support from all of us in the room yeah um for sure yeah, yeah man wishing you success and luck moving forward um earn you anything else you want to you want to add it, man. this is a good I'm episode like, man yeah, yeah. I feel, like, I feel like we uh back at it gang you know yeah <laughs> i can't wait to try these out I'll tell you yeah. that. Come on, that yeah. kanye yeah. pepper yeah. let me know what you that, think that kanye pepper baby <laughs> yeah. come on man <laughs> hell for yeah sure, but. uh but yeah naima thank you again for coming to the show um Thing is safe to say, Naima Clark's officially and Nurture Roots are officially hey. members of the Up and Up. Can we get a round yeah. of applause? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And this is DJ Earn. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on the Up and Up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire Up and Up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe. As well as follow us at underscore the Up and Up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything the Up and Up has coming your way. Thanks for listening. And until the next one, keep it on the Up and Up. <laughs>